Welcome to Oddly On Air, where we expand teaching and learning perspectives by connecting theory and practice through conversations with expert Westchester University faculty and members of the Office of Digital Learning and Innovation. And now, to our hosts. Welcome back to Oddly On Air. Um, Today, I will be co-hosting. My name is Jess Drass. I'm the learning technologist in Oddly, and I'm here with my colleague, Dr. Tom Pantazis, still not used to using that doctor in front of my name, but doctor, yeah, I know it's, it's very casual. I, I don't know. It's still a year on after earning it. I'm still kind of like, this is weird, you're but like, I love it. You're like, I'm just Tom. Yeah, I'm I do Tom. like to go by Tom. Um, I'm an instructional designer. We forgot that part. <laughs> we did forget that part. In this episode, we return to our first episode guest, Dr. Jeremy McCool. He had so much to say in that initial interview that we broke it up into two episodes. So in this episode, you will hear his tips and recommendations for starting, producing, structuring, and promoting podcasts. But before we get to that important content, Jess, you had a really important question for Dr. McCool. Before we get to our actual next question, can you tell me a little bit more about like the mu- the type of music that you used to create or study or producer so so i do not um know how to produce music at all i wish i did i wish that was a talent that i had but i don't um but i've always been a huge fan of music i actually came up in the children's performance group called the happiness club in chicago um where i got to dance and rap as a kid and um ended up being able to perform at a lot of cool venues one of them the coolest probably being the the white house in 2011 yeah at the easter egg roll there um so that was a really, really cool experience. And, yeah, I got, that, I've always kind of been ingratiated into music in that way. And I always um, had interests as far as um, different genres of music also. So big fan of hip-hop, big fan of R&B, uh, big fan of oldies. Uh, yeah, just just big so, Isley Brothers fan. That's like a lot of music. I was so. watching their <laughs> Tiny Desk concert last night. Oh, I didn't even know they had a Tiny <laughs> Desk. Yeah. I have to watch it now. Is there a video of you at that stage that's floating out there on the internet? I'm sure. So if you, yeah, oh. if you ever look at look up the the Happiness Club, I'm actually going to their benefit concert this Sunday. Um, they do a big benefit concert every year. Um, in in Chicago, they've had a chance to rapper as a um, special guest once, and they usually have pretty big special guests each year. But yeah, I'm sure there's a video somewhere. I need to find it actually. Um. Yeah, I need to find that so I can show it to our students. They're like, no way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they, with it. they won't believe me. <laughs> yeah, make that little personal connection there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Consistent basis. So do you have any tips for folks who might want to start a podcast? Do you have any things you want to uh, highlight? I, I would say one thing is is what find your niche, I think, is the biggest thing. Um, I think that... The, Human beings are a lot more common than we are uh, different. And I think a lot of times you think because maybe you're the only person in your group of friends or in your family who likes that one weird thing that you think, no, nobody else likes this thing that I like. Nobody else likes watching these cat videos online or whatever that thing is that you like. But a lot of times just because you're the only one in your circle, there are thousands if not millions of people worldwide who like that one thing that you like. Um, and I've seen it. There's shows that I've watched, and I'm like, wow, they've built, there are this many people who are into this. Like, then I had no clue. Um, and, you know, finding that thing and, and not being afraid to, to go out there and make a show about it, I think is the biggest way to be successful because there are a lot of people 
who who like whatever it is you like, guaranteed. No matter what it is, there are other people who are into what you're into, and I think that way it comes off better. So I would say that, and then staying consistent, I think is the biggest struggle that most people, including myself, I think face when it comes to creating um, media is just is just get making your show become a part of people's everyday every day or every week routine. I think it's gonna make it a lot easier for you. Um, there's actually a student here um, named Ty who does a a show. Um, and I've had him come speak to uh, our students, but he has hundreds of thousands of subscribers. And and he said that he was like, I put out a video every single day for almost a year. I mean, that, and that doesn't sound like a lot. That is a lot. But that's yeah. a lot. As someone who's done video, that's a lot. That yeah. is a lot. Putting out a video on YouTube every day for a year. That's 365 videos. So, um, you know, and, and yours, doesn't. it could be every week. It could be, you know, two times a month, biweekly. But I think staying consistent on a schedule and making sure that your listeners are like, okay, every Friday I'm going to listen to you. Every every first of the month, whatever that schedule uh, and timeline is, they know that this is what I have to look forward to. And that when I go to YouTube or I go on Spotify, I'm going to find your video on this specific day. I think it's very beneficial too. It's so fascinating. I see these connections to like learning and the like consistency for students. Of mm-hmm. Can we consistently deliver information on a regular pattern to help them with it's that's it's amazing. Some of these things that, that overlap and interact sometimes. You gotta know where to get it and when to get it. Yeah. Exactly. We're creatures of habit. <laughs> yeah, we are. You know, we like to do certain things at the same time. There's podcasts that I listen to and on specific days when I'm in my car and I'm like, okay, I'll, I know that this podcast is going to be out Wednesday. Even if I don't get to it till Thursday, I know that it's going to be out by Wednesday. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that we're just we're just uh, wired that way. So when you produce a podcast, what steps do you take? Do you produce a podcast? Maybe I should ask that I currently first. do not produce a podcast. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I have one in the works. Um, but, yeah, I do not currently produce a podcast. Right. You know, a part, a part of me would like to get tenure first. That's, that's fair. So that I yeah. can't be fired for what's on the podcast. There you go. <laughs> but, that's uh, smart. Yeah. So, but, but at the same time, I have created a podcast before. So, um, I think, I think there are some of the tips I would say is making sure it is well produced and the sound quality is good. And it is not expensive to do that today. Um, at all. Um, you can have a laptop and a Yeti microphone and your sound quality sounds just fine. So I think it's a lot easier to get a good sound quality now. But if you're just recording it into your phone, um, most people sound quality is something that will just bad, poor sound quality, especially with audio, will make somebody turn it off immediately. So um, I think having good sound quality is one of the biggest tips that I can give. So kind of um, on that similar topic, um, do you have any like suggestions about an equipment setup? Um, I think it depends on your budget. It's the biggest thing. I think if you do not have a lot of money, um, the thing that I would I would suggest would be um, a USB microphone um, for somebody like a college student or somebody who's just getting started. I would suggest a a, a reliable computer. Um, paying for software uh, if you do if you cannot pay for like Adobe, um, you know Adobe Audition or any of that stuff, which are very expensive, if, especially for a college student. I would say. Get Audacity, which is a free audio software um, that you literally just download and you record right into. And then I would say get a USB mic. I I I'm not being paid by Blue Yeti, so I hate to say that, <laughs> but I, but Blue Yeti has been reliable. I've had one Yeti microphone that I've had forever, um, and it has taken some falls. It has been thrown into some luggage, and it has it has stood the test of time and still works consistently. So 
Um, and they're not very, very expensive. You can get one for, you know, a little over $100. So I would say get a Blue Yeti microphone, a computer, um, audio software, and I would say that that is a, a good starting point. After that, of course, you can you can branch out and get better microphones. Sure, sure has great microphones. You can get a Rodecaster like we have here that's being used to um, an audio interface and all of those type of things. But I think the best way to start, USB mic, computer, um, and, and um, a software to record into. I think those are the best things to start with. Tom, do you think some? You know, you're the tech guy. What you <laughs> Tom, what do you think is the best? Thing I have to start with no idea. Although I was, I would say it's funny you were saying the Yeti piece because I was just reading something the other day that was an article about like good microphones to get, and they're like, don't get a Yeti. Really? So, yeah, I'll have to pull that article oh, and put it man. in the show notes. I don't remember <laughs> what they were saying they wanted, but oh man, I, my Yeti's been good. I've done a lot of work on that Yeti. I've, done, I mean, I've helped with audio books. I've done radio stuff. It, it and they take a beating. I, see, I don't know if they mics. were talking about the quality and like the beating standpoint. I think they were just talking about the, the uh, audio. Just sound. the audio. Oh yeah, there are yeah. better mics, but I don't know if there are better mics for a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's yeah. probably true. I'm not a snob, so like my fifty dollars snowball microphone. It, that's by the same company. That's by Blue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same no. company. Um, I think the snowball is a good one too. Um, I don't know how you pronounce this, but I recommend this to students who don't have the money to buy Yeti. Um. I think it's for fine, Fifine. I don't know how you pronounce it. F I F I N E. Um, but they sell them on Amazon. They're like thirty or forty dollars. Me and another professor at IUP test them one year, and they had good sound quality for a thirty or forty dollar microphone. So um, another free ad. Um, well, and I'd be curious to, especially students or, or folks that are here at the university. There's resources that they could identify or find to help them out in terms of finding a good quality microphone. And I know for faculty, for sure, there's there's definitely opportunities with the office of digital learning and innovation that has equipment that they can borrow or utilize absolutely so. the dmc at westchester also they have um we recently request 10 of those mics i'm talking about um that uh you can check out there to work on your projects so yeah there are definitely resources here at westchester mm -hmm. that you all can can get if you don't have the finances to be able to afford any of those stuff but for people who want their own um i think that that is a good a good place to start do you have any rules about like structuring a podcast in terms of parts or components as they go through. I mean, and I'm assuming there's some pieces to like a radio broadcast that may tie in too, right? Like uh, absolutely. So um, w in their show guides, I give them a show guide that they follow in my class, um, in the digital storytelling class that kind of gives them just a basis of where to start. So as far as creating the name of the, of the, of the podcast, creating a title for the episode, creating an intro being very important. People do want to know who they're listening to. So Making sure to introduce yourself, introduce the show, why should the person listen, what is the overall basis of the show, putting those type of things in the intros. And then I think separating it into segments can be helpful, um, but there are shows that don't. Um, so there are shows where it's literally just people just sitting around talking after that, after the intro has gone out and it's just more casual. But I do, I do think that having topics and doing some pre-production is beneficial for any show. Um, just because of the fact that it keeps you on track and it also just provides some type of format and information that you have to be an expert in whatever it is that you're talking about. So that, for instance, if I'm doing a show about music, um, having a list with me of albums that are new and out at the time is beneficial because I can pull from those while I'm having a discussion so that I'm not just on on air saying uh what's the name of that song um oh uh, what's that album because you know that that can get frustrating to a listener um it's funny you say that because another one of the articles we pulled out 
uh, podcasting as faculty development medium and method, the story of a podcast series showcasing teaching excellence in higher education. It was a 2019 from Mooney. Uh, one of the things they talk about is like briefing ahead of time, your guests on kind of formatting questions and, and giving folks just a little bit of a heads up. So, and I think even with, um, with interviews, especially if you have an interview based podcast or show, um, even when I bring in guest speakers in my classroom, I give them questions in advance. You know, I, yeah, I usually end up asking them questions outside of that, depending on where the conversation goes. But they have a basis of things that they can prepare for um, when they come and speak to the class so that it's not just, you know, they're not just on a whim and, you know, stumbling over words. I want them to be shown in their best light um, as well. So I think it's beneficial for sure. Yeah. And especially because you want them to stay on topic and right. talk about the stuff that's relevant to you. Because it's very easy to get off track. Um, I've guest spoken some classes, and I get to telling stories, and then I'm like, oh, where, where, what class is this again that I'm speaking? <laughs> what, what is this class about? So it's very easy to do. Very easy to get sidetracked, especially when students ask you questions about things that aren't necessarily directly related. Because a lot of times students ask you about more so your career and your journey and you know your background and stuff that can easily get you sidetracked. So I think prepping people in advance is definitely good. How do you usually go about promoting a podcast? That's a great question. So I I have a an entire, maybe like two lectures that I give to that my digital storytelling class, um, which is currently taught here as a special topics course. Um, it is COM MDC 492, in case anybody wants to register. Uh, I don't know if we're full yet. I don't think we are. Uh, but uh, for that class specifically, I always talk about monetization. Um, and I talk about a lot of different ways. One being uh, merchandise um, being a great way. A lot of people you'll see, and even myself, there's a show uh, called the um, the 85 South Show. This is more of a comedy-based uh, YouTube channel that I watch. Um, uh, and they interview a lot of different guests on there. They also do live shows because they're all stand-up comedians. But, like, I have a hoodie from them that I that I bought. And when I wear every time I wear the hoodie, other people who listen to the show are like, oh, you listen to that show too. You know, it's it's a community type of thing. You see a lot of people who are willing to buy merchandise of a show that they really, really love. So selling merch is one thing. Um, so I'm really curious if she put you up to that because Jess is talking about making shirts for our podcast. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, see, look, we're all no, on the I same page. We didn't talk about this at all. We didn't. Oh, okay. We didn't. All right. But it is, it, it's a thing though. It's a thing. Um, and then there are a lot of drop shipping companies, of course, now where you don't actually have to put up forth or print anything. So you can just go online on some of these platforms like um, uh, Shirtsickle is one. There's a bunch of these little companies that where you just put up your logo and the person buys it on there and they ship directly to the person so you're not actually um, creating. And then you just get a royalty off each shirt that's sold. But um, those are one. Um, I also tell them, of course, social media. Um, just it's social media. You have to reach people on social media today. Um, and a, a lot of people like having a visual of what you all look like and um, seeing you all in the studio and doing those type of things. So I think visuals definitely help. Um, we talk about that. We talk about um, different different um, uh, platforms such as um, Patreon. We discuss with monetizing shows and promoting shows. So Patreon is pretty much where you're able to to build your own audience where they pay you just like somebody does Netflix where for additional content. So for instance, if you all do your show once a month, people who pay the $5 a month or $10 a month or whatever to the Patreon, they get an additional episode every month. Um, so it's giving them additional content for them paying a subscription fee to you all. So um, it's really a platform built around helping creatives be able to um, tap into their audiences directly. 
So I talked to them about that. I talked to them about uh, social media. I talked to them about YouTube ads and things of that nature. So there are a lot of different ways to promote your shows today. Um, it's just a matter of, like I said, staying consistent. Um, and even uh, apps like Anchor uh, being one app that's very, very popular. Um, on, on that app, they actually, once you reach a certain listenership, they'll actually find you some sponsors. So depending on what your subject matter is, they'll actually find you once you once they notice, oh, okay, this person gets this amount of listeners, they'll actually go out and find you sponsors. So, New revenue stream for the university? <laughs> right. New revenue stream for <laughs> me and Tom? For Oddly's office? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, for the office. For the office. <laughs> Could you tell us what is something that is bringing you joy these days? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, something that always brings me joy. Uh, I would say, I'll, I'll say two. I'll say one is movies have always brought me joy. That is an escape for me. I will get up and go. If I'm having a bad day, I will get up and just go to the movie by myself. Uh, and I will go see a random movie. Um, and, and it's always been something I do to just kind of escape whenever, like, I'm not in the best of moods or I just need a break from work or whatever the case may be. Um, so that's something that always brings me joy is movies. All right. Thank you to Dan, Jeremy for all that wonderful information. So we're going to try and do the recap here. Jess, I'm going to start with again, that most important Dr. McCool is a member of the happiness club. Um, if you want to start a podcast, um, it's important to find your niche and stay consistent in producing it. And another thing Jeremy said was that podcasts should have really good sound quality. And on that note, with sound quality, there are so many options nowadays for what kind of microphones you can get. Like, go on Amazon and type in microphone, and I'm sure you'll be very overwhelmed. But Jeremy suggests a USB microphone. Um, he likes Blue Yeti, but also mentions Sure. And then um, you should also have a reliable computer and either Adobe Audition or Audacity to edit audio. We're Audacity fans here in the Oddly office. Yes. Uh, another thing Jeremy mentioned uh, was resources for recording that exist here at Westchester. He specifically mentioned the DMC, which is a little more student-oriented from what I understood. And the faculty have a lot of resources that they can engage with through our office here at the Office of Digital Learning and Innovation. And Jess is actually the person you would talk to for that. That's me. Um, and in terms of structure, um, obviously your podcast should have a name. You should have a title for the episode, an introduction for the show and hosts, and why to listen. And um, separating the podcast episode into segments is also a good way to do it. Um, and then it's also helpful uh, to have you know, topics kind of fleshed out and some pre-production um, to help the host and the guests stay on track. Yeah. Jeremy was talking about just kind of make sure you do your homework, which I thought was really key there on that, doing your pre-production work. So one of the, Oh, did you want to say something, Jess? Yeah. But no matter how much pre-production work you do, there's always a chance for me to get off track. Yeah. That, that's pretty <laughs> much guaranteed. Uh, another piece Jeremy mentioned was our theory connection, uh, which is the idea of giving guests questions in advance. And that's something we do here on Oddly On Air. We give them a sense of what we're going to ask. And then um, and sometimes when, if your podcast gets big enough, you have the um, option for monetization. Um, this could be through merchandise that you sell. Um, you should also use social media to connect with your audience and uh, consider creating bonus content for your paying subscribers. Are, are we getting Oddly On Air shirts anytime soon? Um, we'll see. Okay. 
we'll see about we, it. We could use that as monetization, right? That, that's true. That wraps up the summary for this episode. Thank you very much for listening today. If you have any interest in being a future guest or if you have any suggestions for a future topic, please email us at distanced at wcupa.edu. And again, what's our closing again? Uh, we're, we're closing now. Or stay odd. Oh, yes, yeah, stay odd. Stay odd.